you should be standing beside a black distance marker pole which is on the right hand side of the path. From this vantage point, as you look east towards the river, there is an expanse of tall herbaceous plants and reeds interspersed with small islands and alder trees. This low-lying ground forms part of the Corb River floodplain. The damp and nutrient-rich soils support water-loving plants that create a dynamic habitat for a variety of creatures. The area you are now looking at is also part of the Loch Corb Special Area of Conservation, an area designated under EU law. In summer, the green expanse in front of you will be peppered with colour. There are the white flower heads of ground elder, which is believed to have been introduced from Europe by medieval monks. Great willow hair produces distinctive rose pink flowers and are common throughout this habitat. You should also see large, striking flowers of yellow iris standing out against the surrounding greenery. All of these flowers provide food for pollinators. Not all flowers produce nectar as a reward for pollinator insects. Meadowsweet, which you will see flowering along the path from June to September, is one such plant. Its creamy, cloud-like flower clusters produce a strong, sweet smell. This scent tricks the insects into thinking they will get a nectar reward, but instead they just get covered in pollen. The plant gets the benefit of insects pollinating its flowers without the energy expense of producing nectar. The three most common tall grass-like plants in this habitat are the common reed, branched burr reed and bulrush. Unlike most of the plants we have encountered on this walk, wind, rather than living creatures, pollinates the flowers of these plants. They can also spread by producing clones from their roots. Bulrush is probably the most recognisable plant here, with its thick, sausage-like flower head. It starts off green but turns brown. In the autumn, these burst open, releasing cottony down to which the seeds are attached. Much like dandelion seeds, this cottony down gets carried away on the wind, dispersing the seeds. These plants form a complex habitat which is home to a variety of animals, for example birds. Here is John Kerry from the Applied Ecology Unit who has an interest in birds. There are many species of water birds associated with these habitats. In the winter, the bird community here is vastly expanded by the arrival of migratory species. Many come here to avoid the harsh winters of the Arctic and mainland Europe. Thousands of diving ducks like pochard and tufted duck can be seen out on the lake, and the vast reed beds provide a roosting area for the hen harrier, a protected bird of prey. In the summer, smaller songbirds like sedge warblers build their nests here, and many familiar species come to feast on the large volume of insects found within the vegetation. As well as birds, the reed beds also provide habitat for a wide variety of small invertebrates. One group of invertebrates which can be found here are caddisflies, which split their life cycle between water and air. Here's Dr. Martin Gamble from GMIT who studies these insects. Caddisflies spend most of their lives in rivers and lakes as larvae, which is their juvenile stage. The larvae of many caddisflies build cases around their bodies for protection, using sand and small bits of gravel, or pieces of vegetation which they glue together with silk. Once the larvae are fully grown, they pupate and metamorphose into adult flies, in a similar way to how caterpillars metamorphose into butterflies. During the summer, adult caddisflies can be seen resting on vegetation along the edge of the river Corb, or flying in swarms close to the surface of the water. Adult caddisflies look a little like moths. They have long antennae and rest with their wings folded like a roof over their bodies. The adults usually only live for a few weeks. After mating, the females lay eggs from which small larvae hatch to begin the life cycle again. 
To get to the next stop, continue along the path. The habitat along the path will change from open reed beds to woodland as you progress. Unless you are here after a prolonged period of dry weather, you will notice that there are pools of standing water on either side of the path as you enter this wooded area. This is a feature of the next habitat we will examine, an alluvial woodland. Continue along until you reach the point where the path which you are joins another from the right hand side. This is the next stop on our tour.